So I found myself on a journey that I never thought I'd be on in my lifetime. I'm in a car heading, oh, I don't know, what, maybe 75, 80 miles north. Is it north? No, that's it's more southern. Yeah, Surrey is, I don't know, I'm confused. The moral of the story was, I'm in the woods, in the back of the, the uh, well, the woods. Um, I'd written in my journeys, you know, up to my uncle and wherever I've, I've gone, I've written past cotton fields and corn fields and so forth and so on. But now I'm up close and personal. And most importantly, I'm having conversations with the people who are actually behind it. One in particular, Mr. Slade. We sat down for some serious conversations and even got some candid conversations that happen on the backside. It's going to be a beautiful opportunity for us to hear about black farming. And I think we should get to it to it with the first half of this. Thank you for before before I do that, you know. Thank you on behalf of how you listen to this, Spotify, Apple Pod, all the good places. But, you know, Spotify, you know how we do. Uh, thank you for sharing this. Uh, go ahead. And go, just go ahead right now and tell the people, tell your friends they need to watch this. They need to listen. They can watch Hey CDB on Instagram and so forth. But they need to listen to this on credit. They, I, we, we, you, look, just, just check this out on credit. All right. So thank you for caring for your friends and family. Thank you for sharing. And all of our peoples and brothers and sisters who are out there in the armed forces, we're praying for you, too. And our thoughts and prayers are with you. All that said, we got to get everybody around the table here. Check this out. Mr. Slade. Introduction. EDB and black farming. Yeah, yeah. Right about now. Yes. Shorty loves it, yeah, loves that I'm a dog They don't want it, yeah, they scared of what I know Told you the budget, yeah, I gotta get my own Shout out my bros, this right here deserves a toast I already hit the button. I, I'm gonna speak. If you can speak, make sure that we. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about that. Yeah, I can do it. Okay. So uh, we'll begin with. Uh, I know you're Mr. Slade. Yeah, I'm Cliff Slade. Cliff Slade. Cliff Slade. Clifton A. Slade. Uh huh. And uh, A is for Arnaud. A R N A U D. Okay. It's French for something. Don't ask me what it is, but my wife, my me, my mother, uh, you know, named me that. So. You know, I was born in 1953 oh. and uh, in Suffolk, Virginia at Oversea Hospital uh -huh. and lived on this farm ever since. Uh. Okay. Now, uh, the the exact date, I'm not sure, but about 1948, uh -huh. my dad was working at the Newport News shipbuilding. Okay. And uh, he was working in what he called the bowels of the ship. Uh and people were doing these hot rivets, uh -huh. and they sent uh, the blacks or low income down in that ship, and they had to put a stopper. Judge probably knows more about what I'm talking about than I do, but they had a backstop against that hot rivet, uh -huh. <clears throat> and on the outside you pounded it in, and uh, when he came up, he said it was 125 degrees down there. And he came up to get some air, and they told him, N-word, 
go back down there. Ain't nobody asked you to come up here. Mm. He said, I ain't going back down there. And they said, well, you are. He said, hold it. Before you even finish that sentence, I quit. So he caught a ride across James River Bridge and saw a sign right up there on Route 10 where my Slade's Park sign is now mm -hmm. that says uh, farm for sale. He got out of the car that he was hitchhiking with and walked down this very path right here to the man that was at on the property. And he said, yeah, Cliff, it's for sale. 319 acres for $19,600. Hmm. But your kind can't get it. Mm. He said, okay. But he said the first 19600 gets it. He's like, yeah. So he went to his uh, uh, rich uncle, Frank Howard, mm -hmm. who had the money, and he came back and he saw what was going on. He said, I'll loan you the money on one condition that you do like I tell you to do for two years, and then you could pay me back. I know you want to farm, but you can't farm right now, which is a good telling story about, you know, how we progress with this. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, Uncle Frank, what do you want me to do? He said, I don't know. This guy must like you. It's enough timber on here to pay what he wants. So instead of me loaning you $19,600, I'm going to loan you 25000 and with that 25, the extra money, I want you to buy a couple of pulpwood trucks, some brand new chainsaws, and a crew of men, just two. And that house was a barn back then. And he fixed up one of the rooms for them to live, uh, live in. And the other room was for mom and dad. And, you know, I'm the second oldest, so mm -hmm. my brother and sister. And in two years, he burnt the mortgage. Hmm. Yeah. On the whole farm? On the whole farm. He made enough money to pay... Uh, cousin Frank or Uncle Frank, the twenty-five thousand dollars back in its entirety, just off timber. Just off timber. Mm. Yeah. So, and uh, so as a result of that, then he started farming. You mm. know, and most of this field was uh, wooded. Mm. So this is the field that my dad um, finished clearing off. Now this field is twenty-five acres. I think initially, it, oh yeah, it's what it was. This part here was uh, a field, mm -hmm. but you see where those woods are right back there? Right. Those woods went straight on up by that telephone pole all the way out. Mm. And he, he had all that cut after he burnt the mortgage, and then he cleared that. So now that's a 25-acre field, and uh, the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's kind of like you know how we got our start. Now, also... This was what I call a fully diversified farm in Southeast Virginia. We grew almost everything. Peanuts, corn, soybeans, wheat, rye, and we had uh, uh, cows, hogs, and sheep. Ooh. And uh, my daddy had a seventh grade education, but I tell everybody he's the smartest man I knew. Ooh. And uh, he did everything uh, out of a cigar box. Each commodity, the money went in the cigar box. Ooh. So if it didn't keep money in the cigar box, he got rid of it. And the first thing he got rid of was the sheep. Ooh. And he had certain things for each cigar box to pay for. I was like, damn, that's pretty cool, you know. Even though he didn't have a degree in accounting or whatever, as long as the money stayed in the box, he, he was knew, making some money. He knew two plus two was four. Right. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So yeah. 
And that's how he did it. Huh? Darnet. Oh, uh, that's about 100 days. We're putting out, though. I'm going to put them over here with the other 100-day ones. Okay, yeah. One of them young ladies said something about, uh, she. I think she remembered where her row stopped. Um, but she already out there, so I don't know what she was so putting. So we're going to have purple, white, and then we're going to have the garnet at the end before we hit the fence. Oh, that's fine. Okay. All right, good enough. It, mm -hmm. That's not bad for break it up, is it? I mean, no, no, okay, no, no. Yeah. No. No, it's just what we do now. So you working? That, that's, yeah, that's the fun yeah. part about it. Well, see now, this is the the neatest thing, and you this is the first of many visits. I hope you know that. Uh oh. Because oh. I can't tell the story. No, he 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 told he told one me day, that he told see, me that I had to apply for a job to come out here and tell you the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see now we we grew up in that house, and right behind the house is the spring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't want to take you down there right now because it's snake infested. Ain't no getting around it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, the poisonous boys, uh, you know, copperheads and water monsters. Oh, they the fun ones. They, oh man, they down in there too. But the reason that my daughter's market on Route 10 is called Sycamore Spring is because that spring flows up from the base of a sycamore tree. Uh. It's the prettiest thing you ever see in your life, uh. and the best water you will ever drink in your life. But this one, after we had three or four killing frosts, we'll go there, and I want you to get footage of that, too. Yeah. Because one of my goals, when my wife and I were running the farmer's market, we called it Sycamore Springs because our goal was to sell that spring water and name it Sycamore Springs. Mm. But as we went along to try to find uh, resources and things and people to buy our water, the people that we were talking to already had water companies, and they didn't want to buy my water. Mm -hmm. They wanted to buy my spring, right? You know, and I'm like, no, the spring isn't for sale, you know. So it's been a, it's been a real project to be able to hold on to this land, uh. and from the standpoint of that land is really selling high now, and if all I was interested in was uh, a few dollars, then I could sell it, and get me some creased jeans and a set of shiny boots and some jewelry. Yeah. With a wad full of money, and I guess I would have arrived. Yeah. That's not Cliff Slade's version of a ride. He forgot the BMW. Yeah, I got it. That's right. Need a BMW and everything, too. Yeah. Or either I'll get them with one of the baddest GMC. I like GMC and Chevrolet. Yeah. I'll get me one of them bad trucks, you know, with all the bells and whistles on it. That sounds sound like my favorite place. Yeah, life. but yeah. Uh, that, that ain't me. Uh, uh -huh. I am retired uh, from my. My other jobs, mm -hmm. but I rather I'm doing this because it's something I love doing. Right. And when you add that to making a little money, yeah, it's it becomes, even a little better. Yeah, it comes fun. Yeah, it becomes fun then. So. Uh, That's what I like to say. I get paid to have fun. Yeah, yeah. So the other field, it's another field back over behind that house, and we'll definitely have to do a setup there. Yeah. That's the field. That when I it was in nineteen about nineteen sixty eight or sixty nine, we were doing the same thing we're doing now, but in May. Me and my older sister. You said in May. In May of nineteen sixty nine. Okay. We were setting out sweet potatoes and getting uh, sweet potato plants for people that wanted to come buy plants for me to to plant in their garden. Mm -hmm. And I asked my dad, you know, it was, it was Memorial Day weekend. And I said, Daddy, if uh, we finish getting these sweet potatoes up, can I go with my buddies to uh, Seaview Beach? And um, he told me no. Mm. Then after he told me no, 
I asked my daddy, and I told him, one thing I do know, when I get grown, there's two damn things I ain't going to do. Just like that. Mm -hmm. I ain't going to farm. Mm -hmm. And if I farm, I ain't going to graze no damn sweet potato. <laughs> Look at what we doing. That's the, okay. all that's on that sweet potato. Right. And, you know, before it's all over, I want you to go out with, there with me to the cemetery and get footage of the headstone, my mama and my dad. I was, I, I asked him about that. Yeah, I it's think. right. It's right. You know, when you go back up yeah. here, all you got to do is take a right. And our grave spot is it's a big oak tree sitting on the corner. Just walk up the hill from there. So and that's all the, our family all, all, all the kin folks are all there? The kin, a lot of the kin folks up there. My, my grandmother and grandfather, uh -huh. a lot of my aunts and everybody. I saw that said Slade Mortuary, Slade Cemetery. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's right up there, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, I didn't miss it. I, I, don't, I don't miss a good yeah, I, I see. <laughs> so what we did, you know, we did that. And he told me, he said, if I could get close to you, I'd smack the hell out of you. <laughs> and I told him. You didn't raise no dumb child. <laughs> but I feared for my hind parts for about four nights. My daddy was known to get you, and mm -hmm. he wasn't going to chase you, you know. So I just knew several nights I slept real light because I knew he, he was known for pulling that cover back. He sounded like grandma. And putting that belt right on your tape. Sound like my grandma. Yes, sir. So, But he didn't. And then uh, fast forward. I'm trying to tell this story in chronological order because uh -huh. uh, then I was like in the 10th or 11th grade then. I had my driver's license. So mm -hmm. <clears throat> after that, my mom said, uh, what you going to do after you graduate from school? Mm -hmm. So I said, uh, I'm probably just going to get a job at the shipyard or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she said, no, I said, look, I don't, Sonny, you know, I want you to, me and your daddy want you to have better than we had. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to be doing that, right. you know. And I said, well, that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Well, then the principal, the principal at L.P. Jackson High School and my mom were classmates in the Isle of Wight school system, mm -hmm. which is Smithfield area. Right. <clears throat> Mr. Turner asked me the same question, and I told him the same answer. And he said, so you're going to work at the shipyard, and in six months, you're going to get you a used car. I said, yes, sir. And after that, every Friday, you're going to have a cooler in the trunk, and you're going to fill it with liquor, beer, and wine. I said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. My buddies are doing it, and it's great. And I, I, I want to live like that. Mm -hmm. So he just shook his head and said, you make me sick. Mm. That's what Dad said. No, that's oh. what the principal oh, said. Oh, the principal. That's okay. what the principal said. So... Fast forward to graduation week. I had passed everything. We only had 58 students in our class, but I was in the top 10. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Slade, you're too smart to waste your talent on doing stuff like that. Uh, if you went to college, that's the way he proposed the question to me. Mm -hmm. If you went to college, where would you go and what would you major in? I said, Mr. Turner, I'd go to Virginia State and I'd major in agriculture because I wouldn't have to study. My dad has taught me everything you need to know. I would have to learn a few fancy words from stuff that he already taught me how mm -hmm. to do. He's like, okay. Unbeknownst to me, he applied for me to go to Virginia State, got my room assignment, got me a job out on the Randolph farm and everything. Mm -hmm. But he hadn't trapped me yet. 
he didn't know how he was going to spring it on me. Yeah. And I fell in the trap. My younger brother, Hermie, was in the ninth grade when I was in the twelfth grade. And he got somebody from school to get him a fifth of wine. So they came back on a Tuesday with the fifth of wine, and he just said, uh, bro, I'm scared. I can't. I got that fifth of wine. I don't know what to do with it. I wish I hadn't ordered it, but the guy said he wanted it out of his car. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I had a car on campus, you know, at, at the school. I said, give it to me. Nothing they can do to me. Because I've already, all I got to do is march. I mm -hmm. passed everything. And with a bottle of wine, as I'm walking to my car, who did I run into but the principal Ooh. riding in the maintenance truck with one of my other classmates named Freddie Brown. And he just said, Slade, come here. And I came over to him with the bag. What's in the bag? I hmm. said, Mr. Turner, I ain't sure, but I think it's a bottle of wine. Well, it was a bottle of Sly Fox. To this day, I've never drank a drop of Sly Fox. But anyway, he took the bag from me and he said, come on to the office. I'm thinking all the time, very confident, what can he do to me? Why is he bringing me to the office? I'm going to graduate in two days. And I passed everything. All I got to do is march. Mm -hmm. Well, when I got in there, he said, you ain't graduating. Hmm. I said, well, Mr. Turner, why come? He said, you don't have no common sense. <laughs> we don't let people graduate from L.P. Jackson High School. Don't have no common sense. You got book sense, but you can't make it in this world because you don't have no common sense in the world. Anybody would use that lapse of judgment is not ready for the world. So for those reasons, for that reason, you're going to repeat 12th grade. Mm. I'm like, what? He said, I mean it. You know, they, they ain't no need to talk to me no more about it. So in that house right there, mm -hmm. my mom is in there frying chicken for supper and all this kind of stuff. And she said, did you get Arnie's graduation? They call me Arnie for sure. You get his graduation? I don't know how to tell her I ain't graduating. Hmm. And then that Friday morning, the day of graduate, because back then we had two, we had, uh, uh, it was two ceremonies that you had to do. One was Friday night and one was Saturday, but baccalaureate, and I forgot what the other one was, but that was back in the day. Commencement. That's mm -hmm. what we had, baccalaureate and commencement. So, What is a baccalaureate? I, it, it's like a, a program that you have in the gym, in the auditorium with mm -hmm. just the seniors, and the parents can come. Mm -hmm. And then the commencement was when you actually walked across right, the right. stage. You know? Put the so, robe on everything. Yeah, all yeah. that. So they don't do that anymore. They just call it a graduation ceremony and be done. So that Friday morning, he called me in and he said, uh, he threw a folder across the desk. Mm -hmm. He said, I want you to read it, the first page and tell me whether you can comply. I mean, almost like military stuff. You know? Right, right. And I looked at it and it said, uh, congratulations, Clifton A. Slade, you have been accepted to Virginia State University. Uh, your dorm is uh, Williams Hall, your room number is 205, your roommate's name is Roland Terrell. And uh, Wednesday after graduation, you report you to report for a summer job on the college's Randolph Farm. And I closed it back up. I said, yeah, I could do that. That's how he said, you I thought you in. could. Yeah, that's how he got me. <laughs> he said, I thought you could. But now look, let me just tell you this. I know what's going through your mind right now. You're going to do that 
and you're going to go to school for one semester and do absolutely positively nothing, and you're going to quit and get out of my clutches, and you're going to the shipyard anyway. Well, he won't lie, but I didn't admit to him that he won't lie. I, no, Mr. Turner, I wouldn't do that. Well, now we go to Friday night, and Poole's funeral home right down here, right to the right. Mm -hmm. My mom and my baby sister went to see somebody that had passed on. They went to the wake. Mm -hmm. And then they were coming on up to graduation. They got in a head-on collision. Mm. So when I marched and came down off the stage, Miss Joan, that my mom wrote with all the time, I said, Miss Joan, where's mama? She said, your mama in the hospital. Bad accident. Head-on collision. And she's at Overseas. Man, did I beat feet down to Overseas, you know. And got down there and half her head was shaved off. They were still trying to get the glass out. They got all the glass out and everything. And here's the thing, the statement I think that changed my life. I said, Mama, you didn't get to see me graduate. She said, but I will in four years. Now, you tell me what I'm supposed to do with that. But comply. Mm -hmm. And it was easy to comply. Mm -hmm. So four years later in 1975, I marched across that state. Virginia State. Virginia State University. Mm. A graduate of Virginia State. And you see... Anything I do, anywhere I go out, I'm proud of my university. They had a lot to do with where I'm sitting now. Mm. So I want to give the university their props. But, yep, I made it. And um, this was the comedy part of it. You know, when I told you my dad had a seventh grade education, but we had an apartment on Commerce Street. So we went down there to have our little cookout and everything. And my daddy called me Sonny Buck. Mm -hmm. He said, Sonny Buck, I got a couple of questions. The first one is, who all them hooty hoos? Mm. I said, Daddy, that's just that they are in an organization called the Delta. He said, I know there's one on men in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I said, no, that's the Delta Sigma Theta. And when they, when they call the person's name up, if you already a Delta sitting out in the audience, that's the call, hooty hoo. Mm -hmm. That lets you know a Delta, you know, being graduated. Mm -hmm. So then the next most humorous question was, <clears throat> who all them cum laude? He said, cum laude. He said, who all them cum laude come across the state? And he said, look, now, now Sonny Buck, before you ask, I noticed you want one. <laughs> Is that good or bad? <laughs> I said, Dad, it's kind of bad. <clears throat> but what happened was, while I was at Virginia State, I really didn't have no intention of uh, finishing. Mm. So my first two years, my grades were terrible. Mm. Uh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just no, no okay. At the end of my sophomore year, I had basically a C minus average. Hmm. You know? But then college won't that bad. Hmm. You know? I'm like, I think I want to finish this. But these grades are terrible. I'd never get a job with grades looking like this. So I stepped up my game and made straight A's my junior and senior year but it won't good enough to pull me in the cum laude. My uh, GPA was 2.987. Wow. And I couldn't go to nobody. They're like, well, what else can I give you? You got all A's. I, you know, I, I can't help you. You know, I wish you'd have thought about that at the end of your sophomore year, and you might could have done something with one of these professors around here and turned that D to a C or that C to an A 
Yeah. And we wouldn't be having this conversation. But right now, you know, look, ain't nobody giving you nothing. You, you're a great student. You got all A's. You know, I, I can't give you an A plus is not going to change your average. So I had to live with that, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, but still, after I graduated college, I wanted nothing, I repeat to you, nothing to do with this farm. Mm. You know, all I remembered was working hard. And uh, it seemed like to me all my friends were always going somewhere doing something. And I couldn't go. Mm. You know. But I learned some valuable lessons in life right here on this path as we go along. One of them was about money management and how you handle money. The first scenario was <clears throat> when I was in the 10th grade, no, the 9th grade, I was at my aunt's house in Newport News and somebody asked my daddy, Cliff, you got changed for 100? He's like, let me see. He's like, no, I got like 220s. But I, I don't have change for a hundred. I'm on the floor rolling around. Daddy, I got. He told me to get up and come in. Grab me by my shirt collar and said, now tell me who you stole the money from. I ain't raised no thieves in this family. Where in the hell did you get a hundred dollars from? You gonna tell me now. And with the tears running down my eyes, I told my daddy, Daddy, I just didn't eat lunch for the last two years. And I didn't, because I valued money like that, you know. So back during the time I was in school, lunch was a dollar a week. Mm -hmm. So every Monday morning I got a dollar. And I didn't eat for two years. And after I got five ones, I wanted to make somebody some change so I'd have a $5 bill and a 10 and so on and so forth until I got like six or seven twenties, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, so... He's like, you joking. I said, no, Daddy, that's how I got the money. So he's like, Lord, have mercy. You know, straighten my shirt out and all. And he said, Lord, son, I ain't mean to do you like that, but why did you do that? Why didn't you come to me? I said, Daddy, you taught me to be my own man, and that's what I'm trying to do. He said, well, I tell you what. Moving forward, I'm going to give you $2. You save the one. And take the other one, I want you to eat lunch. And at that time, my aunt got hired in the cafeteria, so I couldn't duck it no more. Mm -hmm. I said, Josephine, go tell me whether you come through that, so don't think you can pull a slick one, okay? <laughs> so that put the checks and balances on that. But anyway, you know, I made it, and from that day on, I don't know whether I could ever say I was broke. I woke up a day that I didn't have any money in my pocket. Mm -hmm. The other example of money management that he taught us was that valuable day or so that we went to Seaview Beach, the Ocean View Beach in Norfolk mm -hmm. back in the day, that was for the church picnic. We used to call it the Sunday school picnic. Mm -hmm. And we would go over as a Sunday school and enjoy the rides and everything and come on back home. So I have a question for yeah. you. If I can. Sure, yeah. You went down to Seaview Beach. Yeah. Down there with Eureka Lodge and all them yeah. people. Uh -huh. You know a man named Thomas Welch? No. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, he might have been old by then, but... Yeah. Well, see, uh, back then, we used to call them hay rides. Yeah. So my daddy would back up his farm truck to the barn. We'd put wheat straw in there, and mm -hmm. all of us would get in the back of the truck and, and ride on the wheat straw mm -hmm. to CVB. Okay. You know, we had our coolers and our food and everything. But this is what my daddy did. 
he used to uh, uh-huh. he used to uh, I mentioned that because uh, the only thing I know about Seaview Beach is what my great grandfather used to do because he used to run Eureka Lodge and all them places. Yeah, we did Seaview Beach, Sunset Lake State Park. Oh, uh-huh. uh, that's right there in northern Suffolk somewhere. You know uh-huh. where it is, Judge? Which one is that? Sunset Lake Park. I think it's Club something Ahoy now. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's uh. I think it's near Bottlewee Golf Course and all that kind oh, yeah, okay. of. But I, yeah. you know, but that that was a lake back then. Uh, but anyway, you know, we went, and anytime we went like that, this is what my daddy would do. At our breakfast plate, he gave each one of us ten dollars. Hmm. Okay. And he said, "When y'all come back tomorrow, whatever you put beside your breakfast plate, I'll match it." Hmm. I put ten dollars up there. My brother didn't have nothing. And my brother would say, look, his name was Hermes. He said, Arnie, uh, ain't you got uh, two fives? I'm like, yeah, what you need with them? I want you to give me one of them fives. I ain't have but $10. I said, if I give you that five, daddy going to put that five beside your plate. You spent your money. Oh, so that's how you going to do me as a brother? I said, look, you had your fun. I, I walked around all day, ain't do nothing. But ate my lunch and watched some of the animals and stuff like that. So, yeah, I put my $10 beside it, and and that morning, and my daddy put $10 beside that. And we did that for years, you know. Uh, So, it's just how I did it. You just ain't never did nothing in life. It seems like you ain't never spent no money. Oh, I have. Oh, yeah, yeah. But but, but you spend it when you got to. Right. Here's the other part of that story. I had a loving mother. Mm-hmm. And she always sneaked us $5 in our lunch bag mm-hmm. with a note that said, don't tell your daddy. Mm. Okay. So I had fun with the five. <laughs> but she also gave my brother that five, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Then another example of how I was raised, when we went hunting on this farm, he taught us the value of guns, uh, shotgun shells and mm-hmm. everything. And when we went hunting, we only had seven shells. When we came back out of the woods and in that backyard back there, we would put our game on this picnic table. And he traded us a shotgun shell for that squirrel or rabbit. Mm. There were days that I went down there and shot all seven shells, and I didn't have but two pieces of game. Mm-hmm. He gave me two shells. Again, here comes that loving mother. She would buy shotgun shells for us and put it in our lunch bag no with a note that says, don't tell your daddy. Mm-hmm. And I really think he knew. You know, but he's like, you know, that's just, this This is good cop, bad cop stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let your mama be the good cop. Yeah. Well, so... You know, we did that, and um, everything was fine. But he taught us the value of it. And basically what it taught us when we were hunting, make sure you got a good shot. Don't mm-hmm. just shoot because you think you might hit him. Mm-hmm. That's not hunting. You know, hunting, you got to sit patiently, wait until you get a good shot and take the shot. Right. So we did that. <clears throat> then when I go to Virginia State, <clears throat> excuse me, when I go to Virginia State, uh, I worked at a service station. I worked work study. Mm-hmm. And I was in ROTC, so once I got to be a junior, I was getting $100 a month from that, $100 a month from work study. 
and basically a hundred dollars a month from uh, service station. I did ROTC. By <coughs> That's yeah. my favorite sport yeah. subject. Yeah. So look, when when I finished Virginia State, and we had to go back up and clear out the apartment, which I told Dad, I said, Dad, you don't need to bring the truck up here. This furniture ain't nothing but junk. We done parted some of everything. All we need to do, me and Roland need to meet up there and carry every bit of it to the dump. And it was a dump right on the premises. No, that's not how you do business, son. When you when we got that apartment, it was clean. And I'm going to see that, that apartment being clean. Now, y'all going to get that shit out of there? And we're going to clean that apartment. I can bring it back here. And if I don't do it, but set it on fire. That's how you do business. You don't You don't do stuff like that. Well, we were about 15 minutes away from campus, and I said, Daddy, we got to turn around. I was driving. What you going back for? I said, I left some money in the bank. He like, what? I said, yeah. Yeah, I had some money in the bank. That little bit of change you got up there ain't nothing. Ain't, come on, boy, let's go on back home. I got something. I said, Daddy, I need to go back. And if I don't go back with you, I'm going back. You know, because I had my own car then. Right, right. Okay, ain't no need to waste all that time and effort. I went back out to the bank, got me a cashier's check, handed it to him. It was for $1,500. And he looked at me, he's like, what? You paid for your own car. You did this and you did that. And you still saved $1,500? I'm like, yeah. And I had fun, too. You know? So uh, he took me down. We left there. Then all of a sudden his plans changed, and we went to, it used to be called, I think it was Virginia National Bank or Nations Bank. I forget which one it was back in the, this was in the uh, mid-70s. Nations I, Bank turned into Bank of America, so it was right there in that area. Right, it's somewhere in that. But, in, yeah. you know, we went in there, and that's when he knew Mr. Havity. Howard Havity was the bank president. Uh -huh. And he went in, and he said, uh, Mr. Havity, this is my son. Clifton, and he wants to make a deposit. I showed him the check. He said, oh. So he called one of the bank tellers in there, and they set me up an account and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, he said, but now after we did all that, he said, now, my son need to, uh, need to borrow some money. I'm like, Dad, I don't need to borrow no money. I just had the money. No, I'm going to teach you how you do this thing. So Mr. Havitt, he told, Daddy told Mr. Havitt, he said, Mr. Havitt, I want, my son need $3,000. Say no problem. He said, that amount, you don't even need to co-sign for him. He said, well, you know I'm going to be good for it either way. And at that time, interest was very, very high that you could get. So we took that money and took it to another bank, put it in savings. And the interest was more than enough to make the payments and put a few dollars in my pocket. Okay. So fast forward 90 days, I paid the note off, and then I went from 3000 to 5000 Fast forward 90 days, I go from 5000 to 10000 Basically, white-collar crime. You know, you're not supposed to do that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. But I made money almost on each transaction until I really got, you know, up and on my feet. Then... The CD rates and everything changed and went down, so it was, you couldn't make any money doing it. And you could do it if you invested in the stock market, but that was above me, mm -hmm. and I was scared I was going to lose my money, so I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I made 
ten, twelve thousand dollars in that four or five year period of time doing that. And then at the same time, you know, we steady farming out here. So about ten years after, that was seventy five in nineteen eighty five. I was a county agent, and I asked my daddy about. Matter of fact, uh, right where we sitting, mm-hmm. I said, "Daddy, can I have that dog leg?" You see how this these roads go all the way up, you know, edge of the cemetery, right? And the rest of it goes straight back. I right. said, "Daddy, can I get that dog leg?" He's like, "Yeah." But what you gonna do with it? I said, "I think I'm gonna raise some sweet potatoes." And we were sitting in the house. Mm-hmm. He did his hand like this. <laughs> he said, you all right? You all right? I said, yeah, I'm good. He said, well, I remember a young man sassing me and telling me two things he wasn't going to do. You know, uh, he wasn't going to farm. And if he did farm, he wasn't going to raise no damn sweet potatoes. You sure? You gonna? Uh, yeah, Daddy, I want to raise some sweet potatoes. So that 10-year period let me do whatever I needed to do to show me how much I liked this farm. But I didn't realize it as long as I had to be here. Mm-hmm. And after I went out there, I noticed that it was a way to make a little extra money. And I could do it. You know, I had a family, mm-hmm. two girls. So we, we raised the sweet potatoes, sold them. And then I also cut firewood. And I sold that to the social services, you know, to make the extra money. Right. And the rest is basically just history, you know. You couldn't ask me to be nowhere else for where I am right now, you know. Yes, ma'am. Um, it's 1144. Uh-huh. Yeah, we came up here. We go to field at 6 o'clock, and my mother would join us at 8, and we worked at 12. And at 12 o'clock, we went to that house and had lunch with hot biscuits. And we came back out here at 1. My mom came and joined us about 2. And she'd leave the field at five, and when we got off at six, she fed us dinner. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what farm women had to do back in the day, yeah. you know. Yeah. They don't make them like that anymore, I don't think. It might be two or three out there, but. And all, yeah, see, yeah, that, and that, you know, but that, here, here, and I told Judge this yesterday, all of this is worth it if I can just reach one person, if I can change one person's life. Not to make them farm or anything like that, but just, you know, if they would do something positive with their life, then it was worth us doing it. Yeah. Okay, well, look, let's just take a break over Yeah, we're going to take okay. a break and then yeah. calm this down. Oh, and, yeah, because uh, look, it, it, look, we it, got it, a lot to talk about. There's plenty more. Yeah, yeah plenty yeah. more. Yeah. I'm on my way. Yeah. Yeah. Might hit the club and I might stay. Yeah. Little chicken on my brand of steak. Yeah. Fresh for the mall, got them checking me. Yeah.